0: The story scripture reading is from the book of Ruth, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and it can be found on page 210 in your Bible. This is a fairly lengthy reading. I didn't make it long. I did watch short. But this is the story of Ruth and her two daughters-in-law who find themselves without husbands and in the land where they're starving, and there's great drought, and they must, they must go, they must move. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi. The names of his two sons were Melon and Chilion They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, the name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other Ruth. When they had lived there about ten years, both Melon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab. For she had heard that in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband, Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that that they, they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, Would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the way I handed the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. May we saw that she was determined to go with her. She said no more to her. May the Lord bless these words you are
1: understanding. Amen. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, this day bind us one to another in community and bind us to you. Inspire us to go deeper in our relationships here and in the world and to be faithful, to be faithful to you and to the values that you teach us to live in our lives. Amen. And from that text that Peter just shared, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. 103 years old. 103 years old. Now I have to apologize in advance that many of you have heard me brag before about my late grandfather, Armin Balduke who died at the age of 103 a year ago, last June. I would often ask Grandpa what the secret was to his longevity, making it to a point in life that less than 1% of all humans achieve. Was it the fact that he lived in moderation and moderately, one egg every morning for breakfast, one Manhattan cocktail every day after dinner, A daily walk to the mailbox, a daily ride on his bicycle until he was 83. But I think I know the real reason that he lived so long and thrived, that he loved life right up until his last moment on the earth. It was love. Love. Being a part of a web of loving relationships and loving communities. When asked what he was most grateful to God for, Grandpa always said his family and his faith. His family, two wives, both of whom he outlived, four children, 17 grandchildren, 29 great-grandchildren, and one great-great-grandchild. And faith. Church was a part of his life, all of his life. And as our patriarch, he introduced all of us. To faith and to church. Friends, we all really need just one thing more than anything else in this life more than money, more than stuff, more than accolades, more than achievements, more than power. It is to know and to trust that at least one other person in this world cares about us, remembers us, connects to us, helps us, loves us, sees us in families in neighborhoods, in churches, on a team, at work, in a nation. As friends and fellow citizens, as children of God, all bound by our God to each other in mutual responsibility and mutual care, and by love, or at least the hope and the dream of mutual love in community, where two or more are gathered in a place. And yes, like our pilgrim church. I know that might seem obvious. Of course, every single human being needs to be loved and needs community, and yet the truth is that there are folks in our world, heck, in our towns and our neighborhoods, who are not connected in community, who fall through the cracks, who get lost in the daily rush of life, who may not even have one other person to love. And be loved by. And it is literally killing some of them. Taking their lives. Because if folks can live long because of love and community, folks can die of loneliness. Of not being connected to others and community. In a groundbreaking but largely underreported 2015 study about life expectancy rates among Americans... Princeton University economists Angus Deaton and Ann Case made a startling discovery. Since 1999, while every other age, racial, and ethnic group in the United States has seen a rise, a rise in life expectancy, just one group, one group has declined. White, middle-aged, high school-educated men, ages 45 to 54, Who are actually dying now at increasing rates. Among this group, death by alcohol and drug poisoning is up by nearly 30%, liver disease and cirrhosis up by 20%, and suicides up by 24%. Deaton and Case named two trends that might explain this phenomena: financial distress and social isolation. Social isolation. You see, these folks are all mostly alone or disconnected, and they often live in social isolation. So wages for this group have dropped by 19%, and the manufacturing jobs that they once did are all going or gone. And so they are in a crisis because they cannot find work to provide for their families, and they get sick, but they have little or no health insurance, and so they despair. And they pull within, and they disconnect, and they turn to drugs or alcohol to numb that pain, and then whole towns and cities begin to unravel, and then businesses close one by one, and social groups which once tied neighbor to neighbor, churches and clubs and bowling leagues and the Rotary and Little League, these close too. Friends, this summer I took a long road trip from Sherburne to Columbus, Ohio, eighteen hundred miles round trip, and I drove through so many such forgotten places in upstate New York, in Erie, Pennsylvania, through the rust belt of Ohio. So many places and so many people left behind, lost, disconnected, socially isolated. To die from loneliness, to be saved by love, even the love of just one other person in a God blessed miraculous connection, like Ruth and Naomi, two unlikely saviors for each other. One is an aged widow, sure that her life is over, abandoned in a foreign land. The other, a faithful daughter in law, so faithful and so loving and so inspired by her faith in God that she refuses. She refuses to leave her mother-in-law behind or alone. Where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Friends, today we begin our stewardship campaign, our mutual work to raise the funds needed to continue the vital work that we do together, all together, in this God's community What our financial commitments create, in part, is community. A community of shared Jesus values, like love and peace and generosity and hope. Community where the aged and widowed and widowers are never forgotten. Where the young have a place to learn life-giving values, to know that they are worth it. A community where we dare to work for love in a world that right now can be so hard And so rough and so mean. A community where at our best, no one, no one is ever lost or left behind or neglected. A community where every single child of God, every last one, can find love and can find God and can find each other. That is the value, the value of Christian community and of this, our church. You see, we are all Ruth. We are all, Naomi, we are all in God's community. We all need each other, and we need each other's love in community, in church, in God, all together.